Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to the Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White for the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'll be your host today. And in the studio with me, Rashonda Perryman, uh, who is affectionately known as Sean. So um, I guess throughout the interview, I would qualify for someone who could call you Sean. Yes. Sean is a designer extraordinaire, hails from Fayette, Mississippi, grew up surrounded by fresh air, dirt roads in the summer, and a whole lot of love from her family. Uh, she has a master's degree in graphic design from Savannah College of Art and Design. Shonda is a professional who, uh, whose experience began a decade ago and spans uh, across all sorts of community development, education, and nonprofit sectors. She is the design manager at Visit Jackson, where she works to rebrand both the reception and the narrative around what it means to live and play in Jackson, Mississippi. She is also an alum of Jackson State University. And, Sean, it is great to have you here. It's great to be here. So what an interesting uh, upbringing um, growing up in Fayette, a -hmm. small town, Mm -hmm. um, and then finding your way somehow to the Savannah College of Art and Design, which is quite a stroke. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk a little bit about that. And then ultimately, I guess, returning home uh, to work in the tourism industry uh, and the visual arts industry. You also have your own company called Pixels and Paint, I believe. Is that right? So that's a private, for-profit. Yes. uh, What we would call a a side gig or a side hustle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I just turned my freelance into a business. So let's talk about growing up uh, in Fayette. Uh, I know that uh, Charles Evers was mayor of Fayette twice, from 69 to uh, 81, I think, and then from uh, 85 to 89 or something like that. Was he ever, was he mayor when you were born? I was born in 89, so So, maybe for a pinch. Um, I just recall hearing him on the radio mostly. Yeah, he was a famed uh, DJ, mm-hmm. uh, civil rights activist, and all sorts of other things. But were you aware that in this community that an African-American had been the mayor? Yes, yes. Was that quite a popular narrative around Fayette? No, um, not by the time I came around um, because we're, I would say, about 96% African-American, mm-hmm. if not more. Um, so it's pretty... It was pretty normal for there to be a black mayor. He was the first, uh, you know, historically mm-hmm. speaking. So that's uh, of note. Uh, but tell me about Fayette and uh, how you came to the visual arts uh, in a small town like this, where I'm sure your parents were very interested in wondering what you were going to do for a living. Um, well, I got lucky with the parents <laughs> that I was given or that I was given to. Um I've been creating things since I can remember. I think it's just something my parents noticed and they they just let me run with it um, because everywhere I went, I had 
a pencil, some paper, some crayons, something. And my mom bought it and just kept me going. And everywhere I went, someone wanted me to draw something or I was volunteering to draw something. So it was kind of a community effort. Like my family embraced everything I was interested in as long as it, you know, wasn't anything detrimental. But um, I was primarily interested in just being creative. And so they fully embraced that. And as I got older and got into the school system, teachers noticed it, uh, classmates noticed it. So it went from, you know, me just doing things on my own to helping classmates with school projects and designing teachers' bulletin boards. And that grew and grew and grew legs um, to me, you know, painting birthday banners for people in town. Um, I was actually painting murals when I was younger, did not know to call them murals. <laughs> I was just <laughs> uh, being asked to paint things on walls. And I was like, okay, no different from painting on paper or um, mm -hmm. a canvas. So it just kind of grew legs. And it was great being in my community because everyone really just kind of nourished that in yeah. me. And I was one of only a few people who could do things like that. So I didn't have a whole lot of inspiration but I did have a lot of room to to run and play and to just really grow my craft where did you attend school uh, in Fayette at Jefferson County High School mm -hmm. well Jefferson County Elementary middle school and high school and then from there you made a quantum leap to Savannah College of Art and Design tell us a little bit about that well it's a little bit of a shorter leap um, I went from there to Jackson State where I majored in graphic design. So I had done art my whole life, pretty much. And um, the other side of being from a small town is I got kind of burnt out doing that. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find a different way to be creative. So I ended up majoring in graphic design at Jackson State. Um, that was a great experience. But when I graduated, I felt like I needed to know a little bit more. Um, and I wasn't necessarily finding job opportunities that I was interested in. And... Um, that's interesting because I didn't really know what I was interested in. Right. I just knew that I didn't like the opportunities. So um, one of my favorite teachers had attended SCAD, and I started looking into SCAD when I was at Jackson State, and that's how I ended up in Savannah after I graduated. And who was this professor at Jackson uh, State? Kenyatta Stewart, but don't tell him he was one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Kenyatta, uh, don't let your head uh swell too much. So tell us a little bit about uh, arriving uh, in Savannah at the uh, College of Art and Design and what that experience was like. I mean, it's a real renowned uh, school for, for the visual arts. Well, all art forms. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was really excited to attend the school. Um, moving to Savannah was a big leap for me, although it didn't feel like one in retrospect it was mm -hmm. because I'm a person who if, if I just decide I want to do it then nothing feels too big so moving 11 to 12 hours away from home <laughs> <laughs> didn't feel that stressful but um yeah moving to Savannah was a great experience um I love the, the place itself um surrounded by so much culture and I made amazing friends while I was there that are lifelong friends um but the program itself, it really challenged me, and that's what I really valued about it. Like, it pushed me to explore different parts of myself. Like, they don't have, in my particular master's program, they mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of um, hands-on or 
like a very personal approach and they forced you to kind of tap into what you were capable of doing yourself. And that's the thing I valued the most about my education at SCAD. I was able to see what I was capable of figuring out. And I truly enjoy a challenge. So I felt a lot stronger once I got out of that program. And then the opportunities that I, I, I liked started to open up for me. So what advice would you give a high school student who loves art and feels like they have a creative uh, opportunity ahead? You know, how would one, would you advise the route that you took, go to public school, then to a public university, and then on to like a very specialized type school like Savannah uh, School of, of Art and Design for a master's? Or what would you say to, to an aspiring um, college, uh, high school student? I would say everyone's track is unique, so mm -hmm. you should really look into, you know, what are you, what are your resources like? Are you capable of affording the opportunity for um, a private university or, um, you know, will you have student loans like me? Right. <laughs> so, so there, there are a lot of things to consider, but the biggest thing is what, what do you want to do post um graduation mm -hmm. like what kind of career do you want to have because like I said I majored in graphic design for my undergrad and my master's degree and I'm a self-taught artist had I focused primarily on the art and just become a muralist straight out of high school I don't know things may have been a lot different so mm -hmm. my advice to a high school student is to just really take an inventory of what you want to do and I know you're I don't know, 15 to 18 years old. So chances are you have no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it doesn't hurt to have a solid plan and to really take an inventory of the things that truly interest you because the biggest thing I would say is once it's time to work, you want to be able to do something that you love doing. Otherwise, you just feel like you have a job. And the thing I love about what I do is, although I have a job, I'm doing something that I absolutely love. So I don't feel the burnout that right. that I would had I been doing something else that I wasn't my passion. Well, you have a day job, which is a graphic design job mm -hmm. with Visit Jackson, which is Jackson's tourism office. Yes. But you also are able to do all of these side projects, mm -hmm. these murals. Um, we'll talk about the ICON program later, but... Uh, you just finished up a piece in Fayette you were telling me about. Would you like to describe that for our listeners? Um, so that one is probably my most meaningful and my favorite project to date, um, just because I was able to pour into the, a community that poured so much into me. Um, Fayette is a small town, in a lot of ways a forgotten town, mm -hmm. Um not in terms of the people that live there, like, or the people that are from there. We'll always love it. We'll always be connected to it. But in terms of the resources that are available, um, the opportunities that are available, and something as simple as being able to enjoy what you're looking at when you're driving down the street and you're from there. Like, there are a lot of the elements that are missing, um, and not for lack of there being great people there mm -hmm. or um, talented people there. And so being able to share my gift, again, with a community that nurtured that gift was really meaningful for me. Great. Yeah. So you were able to continue to have a relationship with the community where you grew up. Are your folks, do you still have family there? Uh, most of my family is still there. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say about 
90% of my family is still in Fayette. So that part was great also because I'm usually doing these projects by myself. So it was really cool to have family, like, hanging out. I bet, yeah. <laughs> Bringing you sandwiches and water. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my mom would drive by periodically and um, bring me a Gatorade or, or force me to eat something um, because I'm not a, I'm, I don't take a lot of breaks when I'm working on murals. But, um, yeah, it was really cool to be surrounded by family or just um, – Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. <laughs> so I would literally have people yelling out of the window um, to saying hi or, you know, how proud they were. And that was that meant a lot um, because I could as I was working, I could see the morale being lifted. And that's mm-hmm, something yeah. that could easily get lost in a place like Fayette. Well, Describe what it's like out there on a, a job by yourself. I mean, you've got some sort of lift, and you're up in the air, and you, you've got all your paint, and it's you're in the sun or mm-hmm. the rain or the elements. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> outside of the sun, I love it. Oh, and the bugs, I can do yeah, without but the those. bugs are no friends. I can do without those. Um, but. It's peaceful. It's one of my favorite places to be. I'm an introvert. You might not know this about me. <laughs> so so being by myself does not bother me at all. Um, but my favorite part of those is when I'm painting the, way up high in the lift and people around me are freaking out. But I'm just at peace, just doing what I love to do. And I can feel God around me when I'm doing that. Yeah. So, um like I said, outside of painting in the elements yeah. <laughs> is one of my favorite things to do. So I, I hope and I assume you're not afraid of heights. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. But I also um, I haven't been taken to such a height that it, that it terrifies me. Like, You've yet to meet a height that yeah, frightens you. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> talking to Rashonda Perryman, who uh, is a designer, painter, and overall creative director uh, for Visit Jackson, our tourism agency here in the capital city and talk a little bit about your day job what do you do uh, at visit jackson um so i am the creative design manager which is a lot of things um pretty much anything creative that runs through visit jackson i touch it somehow so from um when i was first brought on at visit jackson i was charged with creating an official brand for us and we're known as the city with soul right by a few people (laughs) (laughs) and um even though that's our official moniker um a lot of people don't know especially outside of mississippi so my primary job initially was to get our brand out there and to make it more recognizable um, so I just started with our logo, and then that that grew legs, and um, we have since I started, we have opened a new office. I was charged with uh, laying out that office and you know de- decorating it, um, designing our welcome center. We have the first welcome center in Jackson since I want to say the early nineties. Right. So um, I was responsible for how that would look visually. Um, aesthetically, and then um, all of the merchandise that it's included, it doubles as a store. So we sell a lot of Jackson merchandise, and I designed all of that. But outside of those things, my primary job is graphic design. Um, So anything from the brochures we need to our annual reports to um, assisting with our website, um... Anything creative. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a fun job. Yeah, but uh, one of my favorite parts was um, 
when I was hired, I, I asked to be able to include my art with, to be able to merge my art with graphic design. So one of the, my favorite things I've done at Visit Jackson is the Jackson Icons mural. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am substituting today for the Arts Commission. I'm happy to occasionally be on the air to represent this show, uh, MPB Think Radio, and uh, the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today I have in the studio with me Rashonda Perryman, and uh, Sean, as she is affectionately known, uh, is the uh, design manager at Visit Jackson, and she also has a for-profit side hustle called Pixels and Paint, where she does all sorts of creative work. Uh, just as we were going to break, you were describing the office where you work uh, for Visit Jackson, and I wonder. And you mentioned that there's a store in there. Could you tell us where that is and how people can actually go and buy merch? Okay, so the Jackson Welcome Center is located at the corner of Pearl Street and West Street. So that is 308 East Pearl Street, known as the Electric Building. We are on the first floor for the Welcome Center, and our offices are on the third. Right. Now, you, uh, you know, you got a degree in graphic design, but you're, you said that you are a self-taught artist, yes. painter, designer. I wonder if you would describe as best you can your style and uh, particularly with these jack this, these icon pieces I, it's a fascinating style but mm -hmm. and and then we'll go into talking a little bit about the, the icon project but talk a little bit about your your style um i do what feels good <laughs> <laughs> it's primarily abstract though um and specifically with murals i have this was not intentional but i've grown to love it I have what I'm calling a mosaic style. It's mm. not traditional mosaic where it's like a lot of crisp lines, but um, I rely heavily on shapes. I really try to focus on the shadow. Like if I'm doing a portrait, I try to focus on the shadows and the highlights of a person to kind of illustrate how people are multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't like realistic yeah, no, <laughs> not, not that not I don't like it I just don't it's prefer looser. realistic yeah. art I prefer to um, really play with it and have fun and, and bring the personality out of a piece now you when you paint these murals and they're large scale mm -hmm. uh, what sizes are most of these murals that you do I mean they're they're arranged so I'm, I'm working on one right now that is 111 feet by 15 feet yeah. and the one I, well, I'm about to start that one. The one I just finished, I want to say was 75 by 25. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they range. But you work from photographs, right? Yes. So I design everything first. 
Um, that's one of my favorite things about doing murals. I get to marry everything that I like um, from graphic design to art and even community work. So I design everything first and then I will project it if I can. Sometimes I have to freehand it. I don't prefer uh-huh. that method. Um, but I will project it and then just get after it like a giant coloring book. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the Jackson Icons project, which is phenomenally successful and has received national attention. And it's really quite a project for the for the city. And the one that most people are most familiar with uh, is the one on uh, on the wall across from the two museums. I guess that's mm-hmm. technically on the uh, the hotel wall, the old Capitol, the old Capitol Inn. Inn. Yes. So let's talk about the program and then talk a little bit about the murals that are already up and the the traveling piece, which is about to be placed permanently. Okay. So um, as I mentioned, one of the requests when I was hired at Visit Jackson was to be able to incorporate my art. And um, to be honest with you, I did not know Jackson had a tourism bureau. <laughs> um, and so given that this would be a new um, sort of market for me, I wanted to figure out how to make my place in it, but also create a new leg of it mm-hmm. for for the Jackson community specifically. So while Jackson has a public art presence and a, a huge sort of art community, um, it's not very well known. And so I wanted to be able to add to that and in my role, um, elevate that. So with the Jackson Icons piece, we um, we did some brainstorming in the office, and I knew I wanted to focus on um, notable people in Jackson to both give people somebody to, to see themselves in mm-hmm. um, and also to recognize the work that had been done in Jackson or some of the work because it's, it's impossible to recognize all the great people in Jackson. So we just kind of start with our pillars. We started with our pillars, which were civil rights, um, performance art, music, literature and um, culinary arts. We did not include culinary arts on the first piece, but we did the second round. So for the first one, we did Megar Evers for civil rights, Eudora Welty for literature, Thalia Mara for performing arts, and David Banner for music. And we chose that group of people because we wanted to be able to tackle a a bunch of different demographics. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone could feel some kind of ownership in it. Well, not everyone, because it's impossible to please everyone. <laughs> but <laughs> well, you got that right. We wanted to be able to um, give a large percentage of Jacksonians some ownership in the mural itself, but also the community. And um, while COVID has been horrible, <laughs> yes. it was opportune for me to get that project done um, because I had designed it months, months, months ago. And had it not been for COVID, I don't know that I would have had the capacity to actually get out and do it oh. um, because we were closed down at the time. And I, I just had a, a wealth of time to, to mm-hmm. knock it out. And it was great for people who were slowly coming outside who have been inside for months um, or who would just take walks down that path while I was painting, it was great for them to see something moving in Jackson because everything was shut down. Right, right. Um, in case you didn't notice, I'm a bit of a rambler, so I don't know where the original question <laughs> well, was. Well, no, I was just asking about the program, which you described. And so phase one 
you described who was in it. Right. And then the physical manifestation of the first round of icons that mm-hmm. you all selected became the mural at the two museums. Right. So um, initially, I didn't have a concrete plan to continue to grow the program, um, but also I didn't limit it either. It was just the mural was the the first phase Mm -hmm. of it, and I just left it open to see, you know, what would come after that. And um, it received, and it had an amazing reception. Um, It still does. And because of that... And because we got a lot of, you know, questions like, okay, well, what made you choose these specific people? Or, um, and because we saw opportunities to include other sectors like culinary Um, and to highlight more living people because there was only one living person. In the first In the first one. First class. Yes, the first class. Uh, Well, we call it phase one and phase two. Okay. So um, I wanted to do something a little bit more unique that wasn't another mural. Uh, One, because I did not have the capacity to do it through Visit Jackson um, because I am a graphic designer primarily. Um, But also... Because I wanted it to have multiple lives, the second phase of it. So started with an art exhibit um, at right. EcoShed. So the purpose of that particular location was it's beautiful. <laughs> um, it's new, it's fairly new. It opened during the pandemic. And we wanted to um, call attention to it because it's an amazing space where, you know, a lot of different things can happen. There are a lot of possibilities for it. So I wanted to activate that space in that regard in terms of an art exhibit, but also it matched my aesthetic. So, um, yeah, we I painted these huge four by eight panels in my living room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not something I think I'll do ever again, but uh, <laughs> we'll see, you know. Um, How's the carpet looking? It looks fine. It's hardwood, so I just threw down a bunch of... Um, drop cloths and, and got to work. I was painting like two at a time and just wow. pushed my sofa away in the corner. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the art exhibit was in November of 2021. It was amazing. Uh, we got to honor the icons. You were a part of that. I was. Um, the new ones included um, Dorothy Moore, Hallamal White, I, Richard Wright, Hezekiah Watkins, I'm trying to go down the list in my Hezekiah's head. Hezekiah's a civil rights leader. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Margaret Walker Alexander. James Meredith. James Meredith. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I'm free. Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas. And I think I'm Dorothy forgetting Moore. one more person. Dorothy Moore. Yes, Dorothy yeah. Moore. Um, and that's phase two. Sorry, guys. You guys are amazing. I just don't have it in my face to remember. <laughs> um, but yes, that is phase two. So um, I did not. Oh, Walter Payton. Was oh, yeah, also well, included right. in that. I did not paint all nine of the icons because I would like to do something with the two that I did not paint that I will not announce because I have not yet figured out. But um, also because Mario Walker Alexander has an existing mural, I didn't. Um, okay. I didn't do a second one for her. Not to say that that won't happen. Um, but in terms of phase two, I painted seven of them. That included Richard Wright, Hezekiah Watkins. James Meredith, Hal and Mel, Dorothy Moore, and Angie Thomas. All right. So the first exhibit included all nine of them. We included um, 
different relics uh, from there and artifacts from, from you all's lives. It's hard. It's weird to say there when I'm talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, we included photos from your contributions to Jackson and just your everyday lives um, alongside the painting. So it was a, a real deal mobile art exhibit. Um, it did great at EcoShed, but I decided I didn't want to present it in the same form for the next phase of it. Uh, so what I did was um, we sat down and we decided or we talked through with some, we talked through with the icons that we could, different locations for where we could house them permanently. And yours, as you know, we housed at Hall and Mal's. Um, there are a few that I will not announce, but Angie Thomas is, has been installed at Bellhaven. And the reason why I won't announce it is because um, they don't know right. <laughs> where they are yet. Not all of them know Save where they are. Save that for another show. Yeah, <laughs> say that for another time. But the idea was to take those individual panels and instead of doing one large mural, they became seven murals that are displayed in different properties around Jackson to draw attention to both those places, but also the people. Right. Because the places where they are located are significant to those people's stories and how they affected Jackson. My guest today is Rashonda Perryman. She is an artist and a graphic designer. Her day job is she is creative design manager at Visit Jackson, which is Jackson's tourism office and bureau. She's a graduate of Jackson State University is, and has a master's in graphic design from the Savannah College of Art and Design. And we're talking about a project that she helped envision and create and implement called Jackson icons. And mm -hmm. so there to date have been the two phases. The first phase, which is a mural mm -hmm. across from the two museums um, at the old Capitol Inn. And then the second phase, which is currently being implemented and moved around and installed, right? Yes. So it's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. Will there be a phase three and a four and on and on and on? Oh, I'm afraid to answer that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what the next steps are for Jackson Icons, but um, if there is a next phase, I will absolutely be sure that it has its own identity aside from the first two because they're different. Oh. Um, In what way? Uh, the presentation of them. Oh, so um, they won't be murals necessarily. Possibly. <laughs> it okay. just may be, um, it may be one person that's painted. I don't know. We right. we haven't figured it out, but I do want to make sure there's some sort of distinction between the two. Not that they are, um, not that one is less than or more than the other. I just want to be able to show um, movement in the, the creation of it. So... Uh, in, in this project, I guess the, the, the initial idea was to just highlight the diversity and the complexity and the creativity mm -hmm. of Jackson as a community. And right. to honor folks, uh, various professions mm -hmm. in doing this. And, and so and then after the honoring and recognizing and lifting up, then comes this you get this art installation which is permanent so right. it, it has so many uh, so many tentacles it's really great <laughs> yeah and one important layer of it um i think i failed to mention this earlier um each person is tied to a place 
And um, those places were selected based on our partnerships at Visit Jackson, but also the tiers that we uplift as a, a tourism industry, a tourism destination. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the tiers, like as I mentioned, is civil rights. So we chose people that could be found in the Civil Rights Museum across the street. Across the street from the um, first mural. Yeah, mm -hmm. but each of the people are also featured in the Mississippi History Museum. So we wanted to right. be able to say, hey, we have this cool mural, but also you can visit this attraction. Um, and we kind of kept the same concept going with um, phase two. So, for example, Hallamal. Go have a good time at Hallamal. Go to Angie Thomas, she's attached to Bellhaven. Um, Bellhaven University. Yes, Bellhaven University. <laughs> uh, but and so you know that that plays a role in. I'm not encouraging anyone to just go walk around their campus, <laughs> but as far as high school students are concerned, that may spark some interest in them looking into their creative writing program or whatever programs they right, offer. Right. Um, with uh, Dorothy Moore, we wanted to highlight a different form of music that came from Jackson. Um, and a different demographic. So we were pointing people to the Alamo, but she's also attached to Jackson State University and right. so many other places in Jackson. So the same concept just um, carried through. We didn't want it to be a live alone thing. So once you see the art, we created a scavenger hunt. Uh, we have a little booklet that we share with, we've shared with schools, with um, summer programs at churches, <laughs> but also it lives on our website. So if you were to go, if you wanted to see all of them, you could find all that oh, information on great. our website and just kind of have a day out to go and explore all of the icons. Hi, I'm Malcolm White. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. For access to more conversations with creative Mississippians, subscribe to the podcast using your favorite podcast app. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Arts Hour. Malcolm White, your host today. Happy to be here in the studios with Kevin Farrell, our producer. This is the Mississippi Arts Hour, a program that is a partnership between uh, the Mississippi Arts Commission and Mississippi Public Radio's Think Radio. Today, my guest is Rashonda Perryman, affectionately known as Sean, who is a graphic designer as well as a self-taught artist. And we've been talking about some of her projects and kind of her growing up and her education. But one thing I wanted to point out, I know that this uh, ICONS program has gotten a lot of attention nationally, mm -hmm. locally. And in fact, when you were coming in the front door in the lobby, we could hardly get you back here to the studio <laughs> because several people overheard that you were the artist for the ICON <laughs> 
uh, murals, and they were just coming up to you and giving you their business cards and saying <laughs> they wanted to talk to you, and they were glad to meet you, and they loved your work. So do you get a lot of that? Yes. <laughs> and if you know me personally, you know that I don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> when, when that happens. Um, because, yeah, I'm not crazy about a whole lot of attention. You would never know. I think I I think I, I wear it well. But, yeah, um, it's it's really cool. And it's and it's a bit unnerving, to be honest. But oh, yes. you'll get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to ask you a couple of questions. One is, um, you know, why do you do what you do why do you do community based art I mean, how did you come to this work and what drives you i kind of because i'm from fayette so i was i was raised seeing the need for it but not really knowing that i was i was being mold, shaped and molded and so i i ran from it a bit like when i went to Going to SCAD, I was surrounded by people who had um, lofty goals, not to say that they were unattainable, but, you know, they wanted to go and work at the Apples, the the Uh Amazons, the Sony Musics of the world. And being in that environment, I thought that's what I wanted to do. So once I graduated, I ran from Mississippi. I had no intentions of coming back. Um, I I wanted to go and explore the world because I am an explorer. Um, Explore the world, learn new things, and just... You know, run wild and free. Sure, but I know um, well. <laughs> but Mississippi <laughs> yanked me right back. Um, I got a job working for Hope Credit Union, uh, which is a nonprofit. Oh, yeah, I know Hope, very and well. um, that's kind of where I, 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 not that I found my love for community, but it was reignited. Um, so all of my jobs have been primarily pretty. Pretty non-traditional in mm-hmm. terms of what you would think a graphic designer would be doing because they've all been nonprofit-based or community-based in some regard. And so literally every job opportunity I've had um, just appeared, to be honest. It wasn't necessarily something I applied for. And I'm a person who, when I make my own plan, if I don't, include God in it, he's right. going to throw that right out the window. And the way my life has shaped up, like I said, literally everything appears. And that's how I know God is guiding me or speaking to me or I'm walking in purpose. So with that, all of my jobs have been attached to community in some way. So from working for a um, economic development credit union and, you know, getting to know people who are disenfranchised in in so many regards when it comes to financial stability Um, financial opportunities and financial opportunities I was able to see a lot of things that um, were reminiscent of my childhood Mm -hmm. um, and not not necessarily uh, not in regard to the lack of opportunity but Just I was surrounded by people who were very community oriented and something about that spoke to me. And I wanted to continue to nurture that part of my career and build on that. Um, So I went from Hope to working for an agency where I was working primarily with nonprofits. Uh, Like I worked for a stand up 
one of my clients was Stand Up Mississippi, which were they were um, fighting against the opioid epidemic right. in Mississippi. Um, I worked for. And you said you recorded some voiceovers or some. No, I didn't do it. I was just a part of the the, the creative team. Yes, oh, <laughs> the, the art direction, that sort of thing. And y'all did some some uh, some public did, service announcements yeah. out here. At, it, it, in the uh, MPB studios, in yes. In the studios, okay. Um, and uh, I worked, I think one of my other clients was like the Community Foundation, and um, I did some work with JPS. So they were all based in community. Right. And so when the Visit Jackson opportunity came along, while I didn't see it initially, it just, everything just kind of came together, like all of my career experiences, because I've also worked at Alcorn, so I, I wow. worked at a college. Um, but all of my experiences just kind of came together in one role. And being able to do community work, like I said, because of where I was raised, I see the value in it. And the other side of that is um, I was charged with taking control over Jackson's narrative from a tourism standpoint. That's important to me because I am from Mississippi and Mississippi gets a horrible rap outside of Mississippi and sometimes inside Mississippi. (laughs) And um, I've traveled a lot of places. I've lived a few and I can't tell you the looks I get from people when I say I'm from Mississippi as if they're in the presence of an alien <laughs> and I'm just like, we're, we're good people. We're, we're normal people. We are talented people. And so part of why I'm passionate about doing community work specifically and being able to, um, carry the, the weight of telling our story is because we, I get to take control over the narrative of a place that's important to me and important to so many others that is so often overlooked. And that's important specifically to Jackson because we are in Mississippi. And so we are carrying the burden of other people's opinions of both Mississippi and of Jackson. And most of the time it's inflated. Some things are true, but um, not to the extent that it is pushed out. And so I, while it is a heavy load to carry for people who do this type of work, I think it's an honor to be able to do it and to do it um, justly. Well said. Well, yes, I, I understand precisely what you're saying, and uh, I empathize with the carrying of the load. Uh, I have done some of that in my time as well, both in tourism and arts, and this whole concept of, of telling the Mississippi story and owning it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is, is not easy, but what a worthy goal. I mean, yeah. if, if not us, who? You're right. Right. And it's bigger than just like, you know, going back and forth with somebody. Well, Mississippi is not terrible. And you say, it's not that. It's, it's the purpose is because, like I said, there are great people here and we shouldn't we should be able to just enjoy our everyday lives. We shouldn't have to fight against what we're hearing in the media or fight against, even though I'm doing an interview with the media, (laughs) Um, we shouldn't be able to fight against all the negative things that we hear in the media or the negative things we hear when we step outside of our homes. We should just be able to really enjoy the fruits of our labor. Like Mm -hmm. there are great hardworking people here. And a lot of the times we don't get to enjoy the simple pleasures because we're fighting against a narrative that just simply isn't 100% true. Right. All right. So let's talk about your day job at Visit Jackson. Tell me about some of your individual goals, some things that you're working on and what, what you see ahead uh, working there in, in uh, Visit Jackson, our tourism agency. 
Um, I am a person whose brain is always going, just always churning out something. So um, I've literally come up with a list of ideas that I need to write down as soon as I walk out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, my my goal at Visit Jackson as an individual is to, we have a very comfortable working environment um, and that's a great thing, but I don't ever want to get comfortable in my career or comfortable in my contributions. So my goal at Visit Jackson is to continue to push the needle forward. Like we're doing a lot of great work. Um, I see that we're continuing to grow in a lot of different, very positive directions. And the community is really embracing this city with soul thing. Right. Um, and I would just like to continue to move us in that direction and to explore new opportunities, explore things that we haven't done before and other people haven't done before just to really showcase what Jackson is capable of. Do you feel like you're making progress on this rebranding, pushing this this narrative out that we are the city with soul and there are all these opportunities and we do want people to come and visit, to come to Jackson? Yes. Um, I don't have, I can't quantify it, but um, I think, I well, not I think, I have seen a tremendous shift in how our office is perceived in mm -hmm. just the time that um, I've been there. I'm not taking full responsibility for that by any means. But, um, yeah, I've seen a tremendous shift in how things have been, how things are perceived, how we do things, and how people are visiting Jackson. Mm -hmm. um, everyone leaves talking about how great the people are, talking about the culture, talking about the food. And in that regard, I think we are doing what our mission is. How... Uh how much of an impact did COVID have on Miss Jackson's tourism industry? I'm not the numbers person, so I don't, I don't I mean, want to lie you about feel it. it. But could yes, you sense I could. It? I could definitely feel it. Um, like I stated earlier, we were shut down for for a while. Our entire office, um, we experienced we experienced the furloughs. We experienced. Um, what it was like for the restaurants to be shut down, for there to be no hotel traffic, because we are funded by hotels and restaurants. Right. So when there was none of that, we had to make adjustments internally. Um, even <laughs> with things as simple as me ordering hand sanitizer, because that's my job to order. Right. As, there was none. So like we felt it in a lot of different ways. But one thing I am proud of our city and our state for is we did rally together when it came to um, keeping very important institutions alive and running during yeah. that time. And we bounced back well. I agree. Rashonda, thank you so much for joining us today. And good luck. I mean, what an amazing portfolio of work that you've got going on, not only with Visit Jackson, but also with your pixels and paint side hustle uh, <laughs> and uh, all of your mural work, which is amazing. You've got a new one coming up at the... Yeah, uh, it's It's... Bean. Commissioned by the Bean Path, and Bean it'll Path. be in what is to be the Tech District. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, 
and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. 